0: On today's Pitcher Bet Pod, we are going to talk about the final four in our Pitcher Bet from last episode. Gonzaga still does not win a national title as the number one overall seed. And Jason Tatum and Devin Booker have finally put themselves at the top of the shooting guard class in the NBA. And what is going on with James Harden? And the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's run the music. What's up everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Guest. With me out in Las Vegas, the co-host of the year, Matt Morris. What's up, pal? How's it going? Rough, rough picks for us.
1: Yeah, man, um I was at work all weekend, so obviously I'm watching any of the games. And one of my coworkers is a big Miami kid, went to Miami. Uh was Damn. actually the, the Hurricanes mascot, one of one of the mascots cuz they go through Are a lot you of guys. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And our uh, guy Dylan and shout uh, out. I went up to him and I was like, dude, I picked Miami to go to the final four. And he's like, <laughs> you're crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, you were pretty sold on him. And I was like, I don't, you know, why not make it happen?
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, I think I was kind of like walking up to the bar when uh, the first half ended and they were up. And I was like, oh my God, like, this might actually happen. Like, I'm going to look like a genius. Yeah. And I think they put up like 14 points in the second half. It was pretty pathetic.
0: Yeah, they got beat up pretty good. I thought Kansas came out in the second half rocking. They had a pretty pro-Kansas crowd wherever they were playing at. I'm not sure. And then I thought Miami had one last run in them, right? Like we're going to calm the storm. Kansas might buckle for a little bit. But Miami turned. This is the biggest problem I have with college and some of these teams when they get behind is they turned into the we're just going to chuck and pray threes when we're down 12 points when they're not a three-point shooting team. And it cost them. I mean, it's human nature, right? Like, you got to come back from a big lead. You just want to take threes, right? You think I hit two threes in a row. I'm right back in it. Um, and then I think they ended up going down like 25. Dude, yeah. It was pretty bad. But Kansas is good, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it on Thursday, who we think's going to win the entire thing we'll both make our picks for our next pitcher bet but both of us swinging and missing going for an 0 was 0-4 was pretty surprising that's almost impressive we should have just faded ourselves and <laughs> uh we would have won a bunch of money dude you know so super interesting there
1: yeah and i i just think that goes to show you you know again growing up watching Mar- march madness I think every year you know you'd be three for four with your final four you'd be pretty confident but the way the last three four years of March Madness have gone
0: this year was crazy too and this
1: year was wild but you know there's always that uncertainty and there were a lot of really good teams this year we kind of talked pre-show about this you know Houston beating Arizona Houston was a great club right and they, I think they got farther than maybe we expected but they showed that as that athleticism early on uh, you had teams like Auburn, you know, you had Alabama, was it Alabama or Arkansas? Arkansas was the four. Arkansas. Yeah. You know, you had a lot of really top end athletes on these schools that could have elevated their performances. And for some teams did. And that completely changed the way back- brackets played out. And then you have St. Petersburg, which, oh, my gosh, dude. Like,
0: Right. Yeah. The one sleeper, in my opinion, nobody had. Right. Like I took yeah. a bunch of sleepers for this weekend. All of them were close, but no cigar. And these guys first team ever as a 15 seed to make uh, the Elite Eight unbelievable.
1: So I have a question for you before we get into kind of the meat of this topic. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's ever possible for a 14, a 15, I won't even say a 16 because that's virtually impossible, but for one of these teams to actually just get to the national title game? Or do they just not have the talent to play as many rounds as it takes with as many high-end teams? Do you think it's possible? So
0: the latter half of the question is the big part because what killed St. Peter's um in in the matchup to North Carolina is you could see it from the jump their legs were done. They they couldn't sustain that second weekend of a back-to-back with North Carolina with elite athletes, better coaching and overall just better players, right? Their threes, I think they started off over 9 to start the game and like that's not going to cut it, dude, right? That you have to hit threes if you're the underdog. To answer your question though, I really do. I think Matt. I honestly, I think we're about five years away. We're we're clo- we're getting closer because every year one of these fifteen seeds are is good. I'd say it could come from a thirteen or fourteen because that's where you come into the range where you get a guy like John Morant for Murray State, right? And you get one of these guys that gets hot, and a couple of the role players can just contribute. I mean, it's definitely possible. I, I think we see it. I give it another five years or so because. As you said, as we're leading up to this question here is things are really evening out in college basketball. This isn't like when you and me were kids and you could literally just pick the top seeds every time. And it was shocking when a 12-seed won, right? Every single year now, we're seeing a 15-seed go. We saw a 16-seed win. That was about three years ago when they beat when Virginia lost. And it's slowly but surely the gap is closing a little bit with these mid-majors. I mean, it's never going to be the same, right? Because you take St. Peter's, right? A private school, decent facilities, right? They I think I saw the gym held six to eight thousand people. Kansas, Kentucky, they're they're packing fifty, sixty thousand, right? We're never gonna be on the same scale when it comes to money and recruiting. But as far as getting that diamond in the rough, having that one hot coach, which now the St. Peter's coach is going to Seton Hall as he should, getting a really good deal, I guess that's his alma mater. Um, Matt, I really, I really truly believe we could see it in about five years because the talent in in basketball globally and here in the States, the gap is shrinking a little bit.
1: Yeah. And it's funny we're talking about this and I don't want to kind of completely get off topic here, but that was a thought I actually had today regarding the NFL and the quarterback situation that we're currently seeing. Yeah. You date this back three, four years ago, five years ago, teams were desperate for even a Baker Mayfield for a Jimmy G. You have two guys in the market right now that these organizations cannot find homes with. And the reason I bring up the NFL is because what we're starting to see across all sport platforms is not just the elite athletes being elite, every single athlete being elite. Yeah, and dude. then you have the upper echelon of athletes that, you know, whether it's preparation or it's just simple production, become the best of the best. And that's what I'm seeing in the college basketball landscape, because what you said as a kid, it was North Carolina, right? It was Duke. It was the big boys. And then it turned into Kentucky. They had the best athletes and it wasn't close. You grew up against a 13, a 14, a 15, a, th- a 16. You look at the other team and you're like, damn, is this the JV high school team from down the street? <laughs> right, like right, these guys right. don't have a chance.
0: I mean, the 16 teams were losing by 60 you it know? Was, yeah, when we it was were in bad. middle school. It wasn't even that long ago.
1: I guess now these guys have athletes that can run and gun. And I think you said it perfectly. Conditioning is huge, right? Um, But all sports, we're seeing this. We're seeing immense talent kind of uh, funneled into each program, you know, whether it be NCAA basketball, NFL. And I think it's elevating the competition. And I think, honestly, it's making it more fun, especially for March, because you can have a Cinderella any single year now. And we are seeing that.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. And, I mean, if St. Peter's somehow gets it together and beats North Carolina, like, they probably could have went to the dance. They could have probably went to the national championship. You get another week off, a week of preparation. You go out and play your best game. They had no business beating Purdue. They hit their shots, played tough defense, and made their free throws. Like, that's how they beat Purdue. Purdue's a better team. They had two seven-footers. Jaden Ivey is one of my favorite players in the country. He's going to go top five, probably, if he comes out in this year's draft but it's basketball it's a one game single elimination right um and their legs were just shot against North Carolina but when all else fails and you actually do look at the four teams that remain the four teams we didn't pick right um we've got two two seeds a one seed and an eight seed but the eight seeds North Carolina it's not like this is some eight seed it's not Arkansas it's not Villanova sorry Villanova is a good team but It's not Arkansas. (laughs) It's not Purdue. It's not one of these small schools like Memphis. It's North Carolina, Matt. Like this is a big blue blood school here. Like, yeah, they had a rough regular season, but they're no joke, you know. So I don't even really consider them an eight seed, even though they are on paper. the The top of the top is still dominating college basketball.
1: Well, and I think the matchup, obviously having Duke and UNC play each other, you know, in Coach K's final season. Kind of Legendary. goes into the the concept that this, you know, sports is magical and it you know it rewrites the history books every year. This is North Carolina's opportunity, not only as a, a basketball program, but over like generational fandom here to shatter all of the pain that Coach K Twice has caused in them. one season, too. But I mean, to knock him out of a possible championship game is unbelievable. Like that's what I would be telling my players, listen. This is big for all of us. It's big for the program. It's big for you. You're going to go out there and you're going to make history today because you're going to change the course of recruiting over the next 10 years. We're going to be able to say we knocked out Coach K for 10, 15 years. And I'm looking forward to that game the most, From in my opinion. I'm looking at that as my own national championship because that game is going to be very, very hard fought.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I was gonna, I was going to ask you from a... Not as big, like, the gambling has really made me more of a college fan this year, but I definitely am (laughs) am a bigger basketball and college basketball fan than you are. Like, from that perspective, as just a casual NCAA fan, like, are you hyped about that matchup? Does that matchup make you happy?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I grew up liking North Carolina more than Duke, right? When you talk about kind of the bandwagon fans, I think as a young child, you kind of latch on to one of these teams. Sure. Because we, again, we rooted for the Badgers. Like the Badgers weren't really ever doing anything. Always let you down. Yeah. Marquette was better when we were younger. Yeah, Marquette was better. But as soon as Diener and Wade and Novak (laughs) left (laughs) that one season, um, I latched on to North Carolina because Duke was just too good. I was like, I'm not going to root for Duke, right? Shane Battier jason williams like, i just, J. J. Didn't, I just didn't like yeah. them yeah and yeah jj Redick drove me crazy i hated <laughs> jj reddick uh then Grayson rodriguez got there but anyways north carolina was kind of like that hey they can beat darth vader you know like they can take they are the luke skywalker for me so i latched onto them so i so am lame. hoping for a hey you gotta throw a little star wars in there once in a while
0: um <laughs> I'm so i'm hoping for
1: here. north carolina you are a hater though yeah i'm gonna send nah, you a
0: <laughs> um for, for me as like someone who follows college basketball i was pissed i was like this is bullshit like of course it's duke north carolina it just makes i think i'm more frustrated because how do you not bet that coming into the tournament right like just a flyer like of course coach k is gonna play north carolina in the final four for the first time ever after north carolina came into duke and beat coach k and duke on his go- last yeah. home game ever on his home floor embarrass them too you saw the clip when he's like everyone be quiet everybody be quiet right you know like i apologize super embarrassing right so of course he gets his revenge to her um i will say though, i'm not a duke fan i'm not a carolina fan but that uh paulo banquero that guy's unbelievable and if for any team to take chet holmgren over banquero good luck So sticking with college basketball, so for all of you ride or die, pitcher bet fans out there, you know how me, Matt, guessed how I felt about Gonzaga since last year's tournament, all year this year. I gave them a slight chance to win early in the season when they beat UCLA early on the neutral court out at T-Mobile in your backyard in Vegas there, Matt. Um, quickly rescinded that because Chet Holmgren looked great. Early on, I said, "Damn, this kid might be different. He might be what they need because guard play wasn't enough for them." Timmy's great as a college player. Um, all in all, long story short, Gonzaga fails again. Right last year, the take is, "Hey, if Gonzaga is going to continue to play in the WCC, they're never, ever, ever, never going to win a national championship." And the reason be- the reason behind that, Matt, was because they don't get pushed. They're not battle tested. They're not getting any punch in the mouth throughout the season. And in my opinion, that's what lost them the natty last year. Yeah, UCLA pushed them, but the second Baylor actually delivered a knockout blow, they couldn't get up from the canvas. So now we fast forward to this year. That take is more mainstream, right? And I actually appreciate that because it is the truth. So Now where I want to go with Gonzaga and some of these other really high-quality teams that are always getting pushed up uh, to the number one seeds, the number two seeds out there in the NCAA tournament and letting you and me down every season, we can put Kentucky in that group too. I want to call out the committee. I want to call out the college basketball committee, but this is specifically for Gonzaga. I think it's finally time that if Gonzaga is going to stay in the WCC, fine. I get it. Super small populated school. It'd be difficult, in their opinion, to move to the Pac-12. Or for me, I think the easy fix to just get it started is go to the Mountain West. You don't need to go to the Pac-12. I get it. It'll be difficult. Go to the Mountain West. They'll take you tonight. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. And that conference is better than the WCC. Look it up. But if they're going to stay where they have stayed forever, We can't just give them the number one seed. If they go 32-1, and if they go 35-0, and run through the conference, beat a couple teams early on in the season, I don't care. Give them the two seed. Give them the three seed. Because we're constantly giving Gonzaga the number one overall seed map, which then gives them and lays the groundwork for the easiest path to the final when they don't deserve it. So this is me, New Year, It's time for college basketball and the selection committee to actually give Mount St. Mary's, give San Francisco the respect they deserve. They're not a good quality competition team. So Gonzaga doesn't deserve that number one overall seed anymore. That needs to be the change to help them and to help us as viewers not fall into the trap every single year.
1: Yeah, I don't, I flat out don't watch enough college basketball the last couple of years that Gonzaga has truly been relevant with some of these, you know, one and done stars, Suggs and Holmgren to, to maybe really give a great input here. But I have a question for you. Please. Um, we talk about Jalen Ivey a lot, especially the last couple of weeks, right? Like yeah. I really like him from the little bit. I saw of him, you really like him and mm-hmm. kind of an extended, uh, viewership of him this season with your, your betting of college basketball. If you were to have taken Jalen Ivey and tossed him on that that Zags team this season, do you think that they go further than where they were eliminated this past weekend?
0: Um. So it, it's Jaden, but yes, I, I, okay. do, I do think they go farther. Yeah, because their biggest problem was their guard play sucked. Mm-hmm. And then what compiled on top of that was Chad Holmgren sucks. Like, he's just not that guy. He got exposed. In the tournament, Matt, he didn't make 1-3 the whole tournament. He got bullied by Arkansas. And what happens, and that's my point, man, like it it will always fall back to the conference. Even if you're in the Mountain West, you go up against San Diego State, Wyoming, Boise, Fresno. San Diego State and Fresno State had top 10 defenses in the country this year. I guarantee you they lose to one of those teams at least once on the road. You go play in Colorado State. You go play in Wyoming. And I know this sounds like a joke, right? You're like, really, Wyoming? Really, Boise State? They have arenas of 15 to 20,000 people. Like Those are real college teams. And I'm not trying to shit on uh, University of San Francisco and Santa Clara and Mount St. Mary's and all these teams that they play. But like that's not a real road environment. So then when you get to the dance, you get to the Sweet 16, you get to the Elite Eight, and the crowd isn't rooting for you because people don't give a fuck about you. That's how you buckle, man, you know, and you need to hit that adversity. And I know I got off on the tangent there, but absolutely, I think Jaden Ivey would help. Absolutely. I think any real NBA prospect at guard would help. That's why Suggs took them farther than this roster did this year. In my opinion, it's basically the same team.
1: Well, yeah, and I just don't
0: different guys. But yeah,
1: I don't think Chet really was was anything coming into this season and going now into, you know, presumably the NFL draft um as more than a prospect you know like this kid his body size his ability his handles right. like right everything that is you like about chet is what you like he will be in three or four years you know right. you like the fluid nature of his ability on the court but he's got to add weight right he's got to commit to a style of play and ultimately he needs more experience on the floor because for the most part throughout his amateur career he was dominating people's purely off his wingspan and his size and his ability to shoot. Like, no one 100%. could guard him. So I think I think early on when they played you know, preseason, start of the season, Chet was able to still kind of lean on that skill set. And you said it, for, to not be able to hit a three-pointer you know, in the tournament just goes to show you that teams figured him out. Like you said, teams bullied him. And now he's going to have to go through all of this over again in the NBA. I saw an article this week talking about his comparisons to Kevin Durant, and I Dude. literally dropped my phone and laughed. <laughs> Um, sure, the kids, he's a nice prospect. So was Giannis, right? Like <laughs> sit him on the bench for three years, you know, give him, you know, dietary restrictions, get him in the weight room of the professional team. We'll see what he turns into. But Gonzaga, they they tried to swing for the fences with this one and done concept. I think Suggs was an absolute home run, and I think Chet I was agree. a total strikeout.
0: I agree. And I think they're going to get Timmy for one more year. And you're 100% right, Matt. And this is why we do this, bro. Like, this is literally the reason we do a podcast is for bullshit like you just said. Like, get the fuck out of here. Comparing him to, Ke- did you watch Kevin Durant at Texas, man?
1: He was nice. Like, <laughs>
0: like, come on! Like, he was amazing. Like, he yeah. was the number one pick. Did you see him his rookie year in Seattle when Seattle was ass and they knew their elite le- the team was leaving town? Like, that guy had promise to being and what he is now, right? But I think Chad Durant Honger, put up
1: like twenty eight a game at Texas. I, I want to.
0: Kevin Durant was a walking bucket on a team that was trash, dude. Just I don't like know the numbers, but
1: yeah, he was so good.
0: Yeah, and it's just that's an asinine thing to say. Literally, like it's well, just a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, he's tall, Linky, and can shoot, but I, uh, literally, so is 75 to 80% of the entire league at this point. If that kid went to go play in the G League right now, he would struggle 100%. In my opinion, I just don't think he's the answer. Anti- You're right. He needs a couple years. Giannis was the same way. He was a skinny little twig out there.
1: Yeah, and I I like Chet's ability to handle the ball. That does remind me, right, a lot of a taller Kevin Durant. But Durant had such eye popping ability with the ball in his hands as a scorer at Texas. You knew it would translate immediately. And right. the the few games I have caught of Chets this season, I just kind of cringe at times. You know, like nothing's like, oh, this is like he'll be able to beat NBA defenders with that. It's kinda like, damn, like you're barely able to beat these college defenders with that. Like, wait till you have LeBron up in your grill. Wait till you have Jason Tatum, who's decided to play elite defense on your ass. (laughs) Like, good luck, dude.
0: Yeah, like you really think that guy's gonna drive the ball on Giannis, on Joel Embiid, (laughs) on the Joker. Like, dude, you're gonna be playing men out here, dude. Like that, that's just, it is what it is. Like you, Arkansas made him look like a little boy out there and everyone's like, oh, there was bad calls against him. There was sure a hundred percent, but he did not hold his own. He looked scared. Timmy's the best player on the court, which isn't good because Timmy's a great college player, but Timmy's not making it in the league. There's just no way, dude. I like no, but Timmy that's,
1: though. That's the whole concept of these smaller, you know, these smaller market, these smaller college teams is, the Frank Kaminsky's, the Timmy's, right? They're elevated by the athletes around them. And Kaminsky's, you know, an NBA center, you know, and look at Kaminsky, reserve right? role, like, like,
0: Best player in Wisconsin history, basically. Yeah. And he's absolutely. uh I mean, he'll play once in a blue moon for Phoenix, the most one of the most elite teams in the NBA. He'd probably start on like OKC or, you know, one of the trash teams out there.
1: But I guess that's kind of my point. These programs, right? You have to surround the guys like Timmy and Kaminsky with with talent, and Suggs was part of that concept, totally. And I I just didn't see the roster construction this year. You know, we talked about it for the past three, four weeks. Bad guard play, like Gonzaga. If there's anything that you have to go into, I guess the 2024 season at this point, because recruiting's probably already done for next year. You've got to find some guards bring them in and again get back to that three four year starter concept where you got these kids sticking around for a while
0: yeah and i mean you talk about guard play i mean you look at the four teams here north carolina's got all you need is love that point guard's unbelievable going off in the caveman who shoots threes uh duke's got bancaro and this kid roach who came out of nowhere with williams at seven at uh, center he's seven two seven one he's gonna go pro hundred percent Um, You got Villanova with Gillespie in the poor bastard, Torres Achilles. Um, And then Kansas, they got, I don't really love their best player. uh, Ajabi, I think is how you say his last name. And then Remy Martin at point guard. Like, they have guards, man. They have guys who could score. And Arkansas didn't, but they just sunned gonzaga and i love to see it it makes me happy because it's wait, wait a minute wait right. a minute wait a minute they I actually have say. a kid named remy i know, martin? I know he's I, yeah it's fuck
1: what a legend dude i mean Goes, i mean <laughs> if there's somebody to rep remy dude. martin the brand i mean we got him right here in kansas that's yeah that's where, where's the nil cool. deal yeah um yeah he's he's a pretty good player he's he's, he's probably not even player. 21 <laughs> uh, he's
0: yeah he's uh eh, maybe not he probably is <laughs> Moving on to the association here. Nice, heavy basketball pod today. I love that. Uh, by the way, next week, we will have all of our baseball picks. Let's go, baby. Baseball starts next Thursday. Woo!
1: I better um, think about my, my MVPs, huh?
0: Oh, yeah. You pull up the stats book. You were uh, one for two last year. Bryce Harper. What? That's beautiful, dude. Um, I, I already know who I'm taking. I have my dark horses. I have my flyers. I have, I'm dialed in i am
1: <laughs> I love just it. to
0: say the least yeah i'm ready to fucking go um with the association here so if you guys were with us around the all-star break last year uh matt and i were mixing in some basketball during football season towards the tail end of the super bowl but one of the big shout outs and calls that we had on the pod was uh chris paul had broken his thumb right at the all-star break and matt and i were both discussing devin booker Both big fans of Devin Booker. Is this your first time on the pod? Uh, we were both Bucks fans, so we were definitely rooting against him last year in the finals, but we're both high on Booker. I've always liked him. Great player, right? So we put out a challenge to Booker and basically said, look, man, we want you, (laughs) like he knows and listens to the podcast, but (laughs) we want you to bump up your points per game. We want you to make sure that Phoenix doesn't fall off, establish that number one seed and keep the best record in the NBA and we're going to anoint you as the best shooting guard in all of basketball, right? That's pretty straightforward because I thought Chris Paul was carrying him a little bit. You definitely did. You're higher on Paul than I am, even at his age right now in the league. Long story short, he delivered. And then some assists went up points, went up player efficiency rating plus minus everything goes through the roof. Phoenix clinches. Uh, I think it was the other day, this past weekend, best record in basketball. Number one seed in the western conference they're going to have home court advantage again i think they're a shoe in for the finals no doubt about it i think they're going to come out of the west so matt what we want to discuss here and what i want to discuss with you is not only him but the guy who's competing with him now at that best shooting guard the best two position whatever you want to call it in the nba jason tatum bro mm-hmm. he was kind of below the radar coming into the all-star break celtics were struggling they couldn't find their identity and dude, the terror that this kid, Jason Tatum, has been going on is honestly, he's in the MVP conversation, in my opinion. And if he's not in the MVP conversation, I'm going to tell you why he should be coming up here. Matt, per StatMuse, which is also thank you StatMuse, you're amazing. This is what Jason Tatum has done for his MVP case. This is on the season here now, Matt. He's averaging 27 a game, eight rebounds leading the NBA in total points, leading the NBA in plus-minus. They have the best record in the Eastern Conference as of today, which is March 28th. Best point differential in the Eastern Conference. Best point differential in all of 2022, so obviously since the new year. The best defense in the NBA. And when Tatum scores 30-plus, they're 22-5, and five, meaning he's gone over 30. 27 games this year, Matt. Our boy Booker, I just pulled up his last 10 which this is still going to say a lot, (laughs) averaging 30.9 a game, six and a half assists, four rebounds. So both these guys have delivered. And where I'm going to pass the mic to you, Matt, is not only have they surpassed my guy, James Harden, as the best two in the league, but what's next? And who's better, in your opinion, right now?
1: So it's funny, you you mentioned as we intro this subject, um, kind of our expectations and our requests from Devin after we heard about the Chris Paul news. Correct. You're spot on. You know, we were asking for about 28 to 31 a game. You know, we wanted to see the rebounds and the assists kind of take an uptick as well. Um, and I thought personally, I was like, if he can deliver, which I just didn't think he could uh, I'd be like, he is. He's the best shooting guard. And little did I know that Jason Tatum was over here, you know, also listening to the podcast clearly Yeah, yeah. and took offense to that. He said, okay, I'll show you. Um, And all jokes aside, Jason Tatum, what he has done, I had a stat three or four days ago when we were on the phone and I read it to you. It was an eight or 10 game span for Tatum. He was shooting like 48.1% from three point distance. And I was like, wait, what the kid is on a whole another stratosphere than anybody else even devin booker right now um and i and i think honestly it might be him coming into his own you know people have challenged tatum especially on social media the last couple of years for not being you know the alpha not being the leader and we've even talked about this i think the kids 23 or 24 years old they're both super young yep and and they have different profiles as well, right? Tatum, I think, can be a violent rim attacker as well as a shooter. Devin really has to rely on his ball handling and his shot creation as well as the three-point arc to kind of elevate his game because he's just not big enough to body through people. But I will say this. At their positions for what both of them do for their teams, they, in my opinion, are number one and number two, and it's not even close anymore. I will put Donovan Mitchell... I would say easily number three and well distanced between him and Booker and Tatum number one. Tatum is absolutely changing, I think, the landscape for what the next guard superstar Kobe Bryant type mentality is going to be for this league. It will be Jason Tatum.
0: Yeah, man, and and I hate to agree with you, cause like, and I don't want to discredit Booker here whatsoever. Book's right there, man. Both of these guys, what they've firmly done, have put themselves not only in the conversation for top ten in the league, but they're pushing the top five. And where I'm gonna give the nod to Jason Tatum is you can really, really start making the uh, the argument that he's putting himself in the top five conversation. Right? But the beauty about basketball and why I love talking basketball is that top five list is beyond fluid, my friend. I think the top two, top three is pretty much solidified, right? I- I've got my top three until further notice is going to be Giannis, Katie, LeBron James, right? Like, I think what those guys do. Now, obviously, if that's going to bother people. Joel and Jokic are right there. That's my five right now today, March 28th, Right. Jason Tatum's knocking at the door of that five right now. What he's doing with this Boston Celtics roster is unprecedented, man. He's going off. Could you have, at the beginning of March, if I were to tell you that the Celtics would be the team in first place with Tatum averaging 33 in the month of March, you would have laughed your ass off. And not only is he averaging 33, Matt, he's shooting at a ridiculous clip right now. 43% from the field, which is solid. Almost 33% from the three-point land. And he's also averaging four assists and about eight rebounds again, my friend. What else can you ask from the kid? Oh, and they lost twice all month. The only thing that sucks for the Celtics, though, is they did lose their center today, bro. Torn meniscus, Robert Williams, man, might be out indefinitely. Um, might cost them a championship run, honestly, because they're right there. They're literally, You have to put the Celtics in the title conversation in the Eastern Conference right now. But Bobby Williams, man, that's devastating. I'm pissed. For, I don't like the Celtics, but it's just a bummer to see guys go down like that.
1: Well, and it's hard, too, when we have this conversation, especially you bring up top five. Um, I think oftentimes we forget about some of these kids, right? I'm going to label them kids. <laughs> yeah. Because so quickly is it to kind of flip the page and say okay james harden right playing in philly you know he's you know can can a change in scenery revitalize his top five ability and it's like what about the kid in boston that's been there for four years i think tatum's been there for five years now just about yeah just about five years right you think about Giannis's emergence it took about five years because they get drafted when they're in diapers and you know they have to kind of get themselves ready and get themselves comfortable in the league, build their bodies up. And honestly, I think Tatum's big um, hurdle in Boston was Jalen Brown, right? You have two very, very good scores on the same team, similar players at times as well. And trying to find that balance as a young NBA player, seems to me to be something that's very challenging. Um, if they can find a way to work together well in this playoffs, I don't know so much that woods is going to matter because these two might be the most unstoppable force, I mean, Brown can go for 50 in a game. It's incredible to have both of these yeah. players. Now, body type again to Tatum's kind of overall structure. I think he's the perfect structure. I would like to see Booker a little bit tall and a little bit bigger. But I think Booker is that hybrid in between the shooting guard and the point guard where he brings a lot of the same attributes that a Steph Curry will, but is still able to get a few rebounds, still being able to body a little bit. Um, but again, roster construction, I think it'd be an amazing finals to watch the Celtics and the Suns go at it.
0: Yeah, and and talking about Harden too, and and this is the thing that bothers me about Harden, man. And dude, I went on the pod, fucking went out on a limb for the man. I said this guy's <laughs> gonna prove that he's top five again. And I truly, I'm not just saying this shit to say this shit. I'm really not. Like, I I believe that he was gonna be that guy, but why are you, you know, now at the twilight of your career, he's clearly lost a step. Like it's it's obvious, man. It, he's he's lost a step. There's no you're you're blind if you don't believe it. Nor if you don't see it. He's lost a step. So why are you at the twilight of your career playing with probably the best player you've played with in your entire career, excluding Kevin Durant when you guys were still babies in OKC, and these kids, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, they're just hungrier than him, man. Like, he doesn't look like he gives a fuck out there. And that just kills me. Like, oh, Embiid? Embiid's got three, four years left before he probably has something that's going to, derail his career and I'm not saying that as a disrespectful thing like the way and the style he plays is not conducive for his body it's just the truth man you look at Harden's numbers though Matt and you're like oh man since he's been on the Sixers he's averaging 22 a game 9 assists 7 rebounds god damn that's pretty good right Matt okay let's really dive into the numbers right you pull it up so he's got 20 points he's got the assists all this stuff oh he's got a game with 11 who was that against oh Brooklyn hmm interesting Matt uh, he's got a game with 16. Yeah, who's that against? Ah, Chicago. Oh shit. Ah, he's got a game with 14 points. Oh man, who's that? Oh, against Phoenix. Oh, so he's just putting up all these numbers against the sorry ass teams that you're not going <laughs> to play in the playoffs. Like, come on, man, show up, be somebody, be the guy. I, you know, we people thought, and the people in Philly thought you were going to be. Don't go silent. Don't go out and just cower down and pretend that you're hurt, man. Um, it just bothers me. He doesn't play with the hunger that these young kids do. And he's, his legacy, and I will stick with this all season, this is going to be my mantra of the playoffs. His legacy is defined by this year. If he can't make a move, if he can't beat Milwaukee, he can't beat Boston, he can't beat Brooklyn, he can't get to the conference finals or the NBA finals, his legacy is tarnished, in my opinion. He's a nobody. He's a great regular season player. He was an awesome scorer when he was in his prime. That's it. Listen, He'll get, he won't get remembered.
1: I And you know this. And if the listener have ha, listeners have been with us long enough, you'll know this. Those of you that have not been with us long enough, you're about to find out. <laughs> I hate Ben Simmons, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Hate them. But I will tell you this. Kyrie Irving shows up when he's on the court. Wants it. Every time. And that is the big reason why throughout Kyrie's career, I find myself even cheering for him on the court because I'm like, damn, he's a gamer. He's out there and he wants to win. That's my number one requirement really as a sports fan. When I watch any sport, I want to see the desire and the drive in your eyes that I can root for. And I just do not see it and have not seen it from James Harden ever, ever. And I think about the playoffs last year when he had the hamstring injury. I didn't see it back then comes back from the hamstring injury before the hamstring injury. He just looks docile out there. Like he just doesn't give a shit. And it's like, man, you have all the talent in the world, but you just don't care. Reminds me a lot of our wonderful quarterback in Green Bay from years past. But (laughs) I I just, I do agree with you. His legacy is on the line because after this season, the league will officially, I think, take that same take that I just spoke about, which is right. Well, James doesn't want to win. Why is a contender going to trade for you? You're not going to. You're not going to be there for us in game three or four. You're going to be putting up 14 points, and that's just not going to get it done. And on top of that, yeah, you said it. Now the injuries are coming, right? Like, right. Of course. Oh, you're just you're course. not conditioned. The vintage you athlete care. injury. Yo, oh, yeah.
0: fuck, my knee hurts. I missed the layup. Ah, shit. <laughs> I'm just not going to get back on defense. I know what? I should have made that. I'm sorry. I'm done with this bullshit, dude. It's it's it's, um, it's disappointing. Like, yeah. I wanted Joel Embiid, James Harden, Kobe, and Shaq. Like, that's what I expect out of them. Is, like, I guess my expectations are too high, obviously. Well,
1: and the last dude, thing we'll see. I will say... The
0: playoffs are coming. We'll see.
1: But, dude... You, we, gave, we gave LeBron a lot of flack last year. You're giving up a ton. Team. A ton, right? But I will give him a lot of credit for pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing the season with mm-hmm. a terrible lineup, mm-hmm. right? You got AD who's regressed. You got Russell who looks like he's playing in a different sport altogether, Um, and no role players. And yet he was out there every game, literally giving everything he has. And I think LeBron's what is he? Thirty eight.
0: He's up there. I mean, he's year twenty. I don't fully agree with you there because
1: he's given more than Harden. That's my point, though. You know, know, he's taking games off. He's he's definitely taking games off. When he's also off, out
0: there picking his ass and walking back on defense and mm. stat padding. I, I this the latter half of the season here, I'm more on the belief that LeBron's out there because he's trying to pass Kareem as the all-time leading scorer. He is playing hard, but they blow a 20-point lead last night to New Orleans. In yeah. New Orleans, they have no business doing that. Um that, that that falls on his shoulders, but I do agree with your point what you're saying. That's a different that's a different argument. Um he's definitely giving more for his team. Than James Harden with an ass roster. He doesn't have his running mate at all.
1: Well, in my point, five, five or six years older, I think than James, like Easily. what are you doing? James, like LeBron's his knees and legs LeBron's are shot.
0: almost done, dude. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I just don't understand the drive of as an athlete. Like you have the opportunity to play with Joel Embiid, go and do something with it. But I guess, Hey, he had the opportunity to play with two of my top 10 in Kyrie and Kevin and didn't do anything with it. So why should we assume anything would be different? Yeah. Russ
0: Westbrook. He's got to play with everyone that he's ever wanted to play with on paper. Right. And it's coming to be right. Like Chris Paul leaves. He gets better in, in OKC and now in Phoenix. Right. KD leaves gets better. Right. Like there's coming to, there's becoming a boiling point where now, where I didn't necessarily think he was the cancer at all times, you start to turn back the pages in history, and there's one common factor in all these blow-ups and disappointments, and it happens to be him, right? Like, the proof is now slowly being put into the pudding. It's close. Like, we'll see this year, man. Damn, that's... uh, We're we're, we're about to be... The line is going to be drawn here, Matt, in about two and a half months. Like, we are going to find out, bro. If he does not show up, and Embiid's out there scoring 35... 40 and harden's just trying to do step back jump back or step back jumpers he's trying to throw his arms into people and it's not working and he's bitching and he's got a hammy like you can tune into the pot it'll be hot
1: (laughs) yeah I i i feel you it's cancerous i i don't think there's a better word for james harder last real quick thing i want to say about this whole topic was actually uh uh, podcast interview i saw of pat covington uh in the milwaukee area it was a local local milwaukee podcast shout and out he was asked about you know what he thinks of playing with Giannis and drew and chris and in comparison to brooklyn and philly and um you know maybe the lakers and he just said man i would never ever want to be anywhere else and i want to be here as long as i can you know he said there's there's something about having the best players on the court and then there's something about having the best chemistry on the court right and he said no by no means am i better than any of the superstars on those teams but he said with the right players around me i can elevate those players to be better than your best player and they can elevate me to be better than your best bench player and without those guys i'm nothing and it was just like such a great thing to hear from a pro athlete just talking about how teamwork these team sports really should be reverting roster construction back to hey do these guys fit with each other how are their personalities Do you think they'll get along because that's what matters. Like Ultimately, at the end of the day, like, do you want to see the, the teammates around you successful? And do they want to see you successful? And I do think Harden and Embiid want to be successful. But in the playoffs, when Embiid is trying to get every ounce of ability out of himself and James is over there eating a chicken wing, I, I think he might just <laughs> jack him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go chicken wing.
0: Yes, sir. Well, everybody, you know where to find us on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram at Pitcher Bet Pod with clips, updates and daily prop bets for the NBA from me. (laughs) We'll be back next Thursday. We're going to be going over the draft series with the defensive backfield for this 2022 NFL draft. And obviously any news and updates for these next couple days, we will catch you guys Thursday. Cheers. Later.